Warning, this is an emergency podcast. <laughs> what could it be about, huh? <laughs> Raisa. Uh, Vanan, hello. It's time. Mm. It's finally time. All those questions we've been getting and, and the reports are out. Finally, the Raisa Khan Committee of Privileges final report has been put out. Yep. And... Uh, we're here to react to it. <laughs> and I think you can count the reaction in the, in the room. Uh, it is of utter disbelief and shock. It's a surprising finding. And um, we thought we'd just come in for, for 10 minutes and maybe quickly summarize. I mean, I, I think um, we, we were so shocked that we have now roped in our uh, our dear friend Benson, who sometimes <laughs> photographs us. And yes. we've given him a mic yeah. so that we can get some of his opinions as well. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Benson. Thank you. Welcome, yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's get into this. Uh, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, this report is basically the um, culmination of the Committee of Privileges findings mm. um, into its investigation into Ms. Raisa Khan's conduct in parliament. Yeah, uh, and that would be the multiple lies that she had given and then confessed to eventually. Yes. You know, we did a whole episode about the timeline yes. and some of the facts that came out of the Committee of Privileges testimony that, yes. that's online. So if you're keen, I'll put a link in, in yep. the description so so you can click and, and follow that. And, and also, now that the report is out, actually Parliament is going to be sitting next week to debate the report. That's right. So what we wanted to do is come back again next week to have a fuller picture of, of the report because the report is really just kind of one side, right? It's the it's the Parliament committee, yep. which is basically the government's position on, on everything that has happened. But we, we need to wait until next week to hear Pritam Singh and Faisal Manav's reply. Yeah, work, the Workers' Party's reply. Mm. And we just wanted to keep this as a reaction-based kind of um, quick podcast update because we are mindful that, you know, just just using the report um, as the basis for what we talk about wouldn't be fair, would yeah, be rather yeah, unbiased. Yeah. So we can only have that once the Workers' Party delivers the message. Correct. It would also then be fruitful to say that the Workers' Party has released some information saying that the work will carry on from Pritam and Faisal Manap mm. um, until they know more from next week. So yeah. let's let's get to it. Yeah, so Vanan, actually, what is the findings of the COP? The findings of the COP are that Fahisa Khan did lie. Shocker. Uh, yeah. And based on her lies, she has been recommended, I think that yeah, would be the right word. Yeah, recommended a fine of $35,000. So yes. basically $25,000 for the first two lies, mm. which was said, I think, one day apart in August, mm -hmm. because they, they felt that this was on, on her and yes. no one else knew about that lie. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third lie, which was her lie, I think, in October, correct, when Parliament correct. said, um, but they found that that lie, Pritam had known about that lie. So I, I think that part is not a surprise, right? That's not the controversial part of the report. No. Um, I know she had, she had admitted to the lie and, and therefore we were expecting some kind of punishment. Mm. I think the maximum that she could have got is I think $50,000. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess as we are talking about this, it's also useful to note that uh, the Workers' Party member who was on the Committee of Privileges, Dennis Tan, yeah. he had come out and said that he rejected all of the findings from the COP report mm. and had expressed that Raisa Khan be given the full fine amount of, of $50,000. Yeah. And, you know, I think Benson and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of chatter on social media felt that Raisa Khan was, was let down a bit too lightly as well. So Yeah, I felt like 35000 wasn't a big deal considering how much you earn as an MP mm. and she has been an MP since more than one and a half years. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Or maybe something else other than a fine. More representative. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to, to set a precedence for future MPs, mm. be it opposition or ruling party, yeah, that this is serious. Mm. For reference, uh, MPs make about 16000 a month. Yeah. Backbenchers, yeah. ministers make a lot more. I think I think in Singapore, we know all about that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 35 means, what, two months of pay, three months? Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Dennis rejected the, um, well, I say Dennis, but the Workers' Party <laughs> member, Dennis, mm. rejected the, the findings of the report. Um, and of course, the, the other thing, besides Raisa Khan's potential suggested uh, fine, mm-hmm. was the conduct of Pritam during the, um, the COP hearings, mm-hmm. as well as Faisal Manap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, they found that Pritam had perjured himself. The high-level, top-line point here is that the Committee of Privileges has decided to refer Pritam Singh and Faisal Manap to the Public Prosecutor's Office for different reasons. Mm-hmm. For Pritam Singh, it is because they believe that he lied under oath about certain parts of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, I think is probably the most controversial part of it all. And I'm really, I guess, keen to hear how he replies to all of this in, in Parliament next week. Yeah. But then, of course, Faisal Manap, he has also been referred to the public prosecutor for refusing to answer certain questions regarding the narrative about the meeting that took place at Pritam Singh's house. We kind of saw it coming, and I, you know, it's probably one of those things where... Because he was warned as well. Yeah, I mean, they he broke a, he broke a rule, so, you know, what they're going to do. Yeah. But Pritam Singh's one is, I think, a tricky issue to deal with for everyone. I'm, I'm curious to see how all the parties manage their own narratives. Mm. I don't think the PAP really wants to, you know, have Pritam Singh go through a process where he has to, you know, answer for very serious crimes, which mm. perjury is, because yeah. that that would be politically destabilizing probably for them as well. The, the optics of that are bad if he loses his chance to, to mm. run in the next election. Mm. Because party, of course, is scared of losing the opposition leader. And the COP, you know, they're also tied in, in a hard place because the COP can actually recommend very serious consequences for Pritam Singh, which they didn't, but they could also kind of like let him off. But that would also set a different precedent. Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe this is the middle ground that they f- they felt could work. Mm. What I'm really trying to say is that like, I mean, there seems to be a lot of pull and pull uh, factors on how to manage the narrative on all all the different sides. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think because we are reacting to something that we just saw yesterday, it means a lot of emotions are still quite raw. Yeah. You know, we spoke about uh, Faisal Mana, we spoke about Pritam Singh, but it's also important to note that the committee uh, only came to their findings because of uh, written testimony submitted by Sylvia Lim, um, which I think might have been the smoking gun behind all of this because it ultimately led to them having the view that Pritam Singh had, had lied during the, the COP hearings. Um, yeah. It is important, I guess, as we are reacting to kind of understand that the the cause of the COP hearing was not Pritam Singh. Mm. It was Rahisa. And the fact that Pritam perjured himself during the hearing, as you have read. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. 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 Is the reason why, I guess, they had to do this for Pritam. Yeah. But then again, there is a debate next week in parliament. So mm. we have to wait and see what everybody else says. Yeah. I, I think, you know, probably listeners also kind of want to know how the COP arrived at, at this decision yeah. where Raisa Khan was kind of found at full fault for the first lie, but then there was mitigating situation for the second lie. And then how did they come to this decision that Pritam Singh had perjured himself? You know, as we were talking through the timeline in our first previous episode about this, there were two kind of very different narratives coming from Raisa Khan and also from the Workers' Party members. Yeah. 
I always found Raisa Khan's testimony a little bit troubling. But to an even greater degree, I found the logic that Pritam Singh used to justify how he had explained to Raisa to come clean even more troubling. Because mm. in committee, he had always said like, oh, you know, she's expected to come clean. She's expected to tell the truth. But why did he never say? Yeah. Right? I mean, that is the question, right? But, but, but I mean, this is he said, she said, and you can play semantics all day long. And like you mentioned correctly, there is now some piece of kind of physical evidence, which is Sylvia Lim's notes. Yeah. And yeah. Sylvia Lim's notes come from the internal disciplinary panel that Workers' Party had put on to look at Raisa's case after she had confessed. Yeah. Much later, on the 29th of November, I think, is when the notes were, were taken. Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, the notes were taken much later. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's important to say that these notes were taken during a internal discussion about the event. So she had written down that, you know, something like, you were given... A choice, weren't you? Yes. Or what, what was it? I you? think. I think. What was I the exact word? Pritam gave you a choice, mm. and I think that's that. That line was the one that that really I think shone light to the fact that she was given a choice, which is something that Pritam did not mention in any of his mm. COP testimony. Yeah, I mean, I think as we are talking about our reactions, it's also maybe good to give the listeners some of the reactions from you know, more prominent people across Singapore. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm just looking through some articles and um, the strategic advisory firm Bauer Group, which usually gets. Uh, quotes and comments in news articles. Mm. Um, the managing director, Nidia, said this report raises questions about the People Actions parties and its motivations. Ooh. Something that, you know, I think we kind of anticipated that would be the narrative a lot in, in public discourse. Um, the IPS um, director, Dr. Ko, said that mm. the report had been conscientious in establishing um, the conditions on why they find uh, Ms. Khan to have lied, besides the fact that she admitted that she had lied. <laughs> um, but yeah. but also that uh, regardless of how this unfolds, the, the credibility of the Workers' Party has taken a hit even before the, the COP findings. Mm. Um, a lot of what had happened, I think, was you know, not something a lot of people in this country would have expected. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have to say um, yeah. next Tuesday. But it is not bright days for for political diversity in Singapore. No. But, but Vana, what, what do you think? What's your take? I mean, what's your gut feel? Do you think the COP got it right? Or do you have lingering questions? I, th- I think I do. I, th- I I understand that more questions are raised based on Sylvia Lim's testimony. Mm. And I think it's there are more questions for Pritam to answer and explain himself, mm. uh, definitely. But I do think that, that Rahisa's um, admission of lying in parliament and the act of um, stepping forward first and lying was not premeditated by Pritam. So Correct, correct. I think I think that's established. Yeah. You know. And you know, I think as an average Singaporean seeing that um, you know, the MPs, young MPs, you know, who have got who have come on onto the stage with a, you know, streaming activist kind of background and wanting to make change and, and do all of that, to see her just get a thirty five thousand dollar fine, to me, you know, does not sound very representative of of, of the crime. Okay. But, you know, then again, I obviously have a soft spot for Pritam. So my reactions right now may be based on that. But overall, I think that the feeling that I have ultimately is that it's a one of, you know, very severe disappointment for for the Workers' Party. What what about this narrative that has started to come out, which is actually, you know, Pritam is being punished for trying to be a nice guy, right? Because maybe one of the mitigating issues for him is that prior to the August 7th meeting, he didn't know that. Raisa Khan was a sexual assault survivor, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was trying to give her time to sort it out with her family. Yeah. And because he gave her 
a lot of time to do this. Now he's kind of being, being punished, right? Like, uh, do do you find any credibility to that to that narrative? The the, the thing is, Pritam Singh, the nice guy, is 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 not the leader of the opposition, right? And I and I think you know having a policy background, having a background in politics, allows me the benefit of stripping these two aside. I think a lot of me has a lot of remorse for for him, but particularly a man in a, in a leadership position who has to deal with a subordinate who has gone through of an ordeal, something of an ordeal, right. and what's the best way to deal with it, I, I wouldn't know what to do, honestly. And, Correct. I, and I don't think there is any right answers for this. But he also has the position of leader of opposition in the house, mm-hmm. and it's a position that should be taken very seriously. The, the timeline in which he did not make any concentrated efforts for the truth to be laid out not just for the Workers' Party, but also in Parliament, but also to the rest of the nation, still sounds quite alarming to me. And, yeah. and nice guy or not, yeah. I think it feels like two months is still a very long time. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, for me, that that's the thing as well. That my, my own sense is maybe that's true where he was trying to be a nice guy or whatever. But, um, you know, being the leader of the opposition or even being the Secretary General of your party is different from being the boss of a company, yeah. right? Because you're actually there to represent your constituents, which yeah. is which is in my mind kind of a additional kind of honorary or an additional level of responsibility that yeah. you know, of course, Raisa Khan failed, uh, but then Pritam Singh not asking her to correct it probably failed his his role. Yeah. But again, you know, like the same week where we're having this debate in Singapore about one very small lie in your adopted homeland, sort of UK, <laughs> Boris Johnson is obviously lying, you know, too. To parliamentarians, and, and he seems to be getting away with it. I mean, he's got free. He's he's lied for days, weeks, months, and, and even years. Yeah. And and every 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 report that comes out about Brexit, every report that comes out about his conduct in in Ten Downing Street. Yeah. Every single thing is glazed with more lies and more lies and more lies. So much lies that people in his own cabinet have resigned, and still the prime minister is there. Yeah. So shocking, shocking, completely polar opposites in terms of reactions and i think you made a good you made a you make a very good point because yeah. we we do not want singapore to go down that route at yes, all yes um we want a first world parliament we keep saying that and the hope is to strengthen that kind of a resolve and it's also a message to everyone i guess in singapore who enter politics that what you say matters and there are a set of rules for 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 public leaders that has to be held in a certain high regard but but even for constituents you know you in a way maybe i don't know it is late at night. I've had a few glasses of wine, but I, I think <laughs> I think the message should also be that constituents should be empowered to hold their uh, parliamentary representatives to a higher standard than than just their bosses or or just as a community leader, right? Yeah. I mean, saying all of that, that there is the shadow here of Singapore being seen as a overly controlling, maybe slightly politically repressive country, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for us, you know, we can want to move forward as much as we want and we need to move forward in the right ways, but we also need to do it in a way that's effective and conducive for Singapore. Now, if that means us being slightly a bit more emotionally aware about some of the the nuances of our past, Mm. um, is that even relevant for the conversation of the future? You know, I think such discourses, um, there is no right or wrong answer, but, you know, more people should be allowed to speak and converse freely about these things and express their opinions because a lot of opinions about this have gone on on social media. And I think if you don't have good active conversations around this, people then push this narrative to the other side, which I think is unhealthy. Yeah, but I mean, no one's coming down on people for speaking out, right? No, 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 no one's coming out. But, but you know, I think what, what I'm trying to say is if, if people feel like 
they feel a certain way towards how Singapore has been in the past, then you know you should express it freely. Oh yeah, 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 for and, sure. And you should you should feel like you have a good and conducive space to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the repercussions of that are that you know, with the amount of disinformation that's been put out yeah. around this already in the last twelve hours, as is to me downright shocking. Well, this has been a great tangent, but just to continue this tangent, I mean, I, I agree with you, right? Like, I mean, there are a lot of people who disagree with the way the ruling party has come to power and how they're the perceived way that they are holding on to power. I think it's a difficult position for it's a difficult position for the PAP to, to defend because they are the incumbents. So naturally, you know, whatever they say will be viewed with a tinge of exactly. Uh, on the other hand, it is also the responsibility of political activists like myself to be open and listen calmly. Yes, to to all sides and not get entrenched in my position as a as a you know PAP. Yeah. Or, or a grassroots or establishment person. You yeah. know, I, I, I do f- worry that, that sometimes politics on both sides, or, and if you add SP, PSP, then it's three sides. It's definitely just two sides, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, can get a, it can get a little bit vicious and then leads to a very nonsensical yeah. route, right? Yeah. Which is the barrel that most countries in the West yeah. are really staring and, at. And they are, and they are free falling into that well of, 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 of illusion around those politics yeah. and something that we definitely don't want. Um, so, I mean, let's see how this unfolds. Uh, sad day, I think, in overall. What we uh, knew was coming. I was ready. Yeah. We yeah. had the wine and everything. Yeah. Uh, to Workers' Party, good luck. <laughs> Hope you guys can bounce back stronger, but in a proper way. Uh, but let's get more information right then. And yeah. To my fellow PAP comrades, also good luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, this is it's not going to be easy, right? <laughs> this is going to be a tricky 72 hours for everyone. Yeah. All right. And on that note, thank you, Benson, for everything thank today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tune in to us. We are the Local Dispatch. The Local Dispatch spelled with a K just mm. because we yeah. are on Apple, Spotify, and Google, as well as on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm. Hold your 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 comments and thoughts till you've had a chance to look at some of the news reports. But otherwise, take care and goodbye, Singapore. Bye. Bye.